sharing of information is the key factor of concurrent engineering. Whenever you have a multidisciplinary problem and you have a team to solve that and the team is working towards a solution, then you can apply this concurrent principle. You can learn a lot, especially when you're a young engineer, like it was in my case when I started there. This, this was fantastic. You have all these domain experts. And if you have a question or when you have a question, you just go to this uh, person and he or she will explain to you and he or she will be the expert in the field. You're listening to Small Steps, Giant Leaps, a NASA Apple Knowledge Services podcast featuring interviews and stories, tapping into project experiences in order to unravel lessons learned, identify best practices, and discover novel ideas. I'm Dina Nunley. Concurrent engineering, also known as simultaneous engineering, has been adopted by companies and government agencies as a method to improve productivity and reduce costs. Several teams within an organization engage concurrently in multiple aspects of design and development. Our guest today, Torsten Bieler, has been with the European Space Agency for almost 20 years and has spent much of that time as a systems and concurrent engineer. He's the ESA presenter and faculty representative to the Apple Knowledge Services International Project Management course. Torsten, we appreciate you joining us, and we're eager to hear your thoughts on concurrent engineering. Well, I could talk for hours and hours about concurrent engineering. I, I really love it. It, uh, it gave me a lot, me personally. I think it also has given uh, the agency, the European Space Agency, a lot. Uh, it's fun. It's one of the best places you can work when you like the system engineering, uh, when you like to stick your nose in different fields, talk to different people, understand the different uh, programs, projects, um, systems, subsystems, equipment, then this is the place to be. This is very, this is very rewarding. What are some of the factors in ESA's decision to implement concurrent engineering? Well, in fact, um, th this whole idea comes from the States. So um, it was in the times of uh, better, faster, cheaper, and maybe even before that. Um, so one was thinking of how to do projects, uh, how to design, how to make studies in a more efficient way. And in my opinion, it boils down all to communications. Because you can imagine in the old, old days, or when you have a, a project... Um, whatever that will be, it doesn't have to be a space project, but you have one person and has an idea, does his or her part of the project, passes it on to the next uh, responsible person. That one then does his or her part. You know, For a spacecraft, you could think um, you have a, a mission operation, so, so mission uh, analysis, that's the word. So you have mission analysis. And um, they see how you go to whatever, the uh, Jupiter moon. And then they give it to, uh, they, they come up with the delta V and they, they give it to propulsion. And then the propulsion uh, person does his or her design of the, um, uh, of the system. And so it continues, so it goes to structure, goes to all the way around. And when it comes back to the guy who had the idea, suddenly you, you go to the moon and uh, you have a rover there and it's like this has nothing to do with what I asked for. Well, now I come back to the communications. It is all about communications. It is all about having people being aware of what is going on because what does concurrent engineering mean? Concurrent engineering means to bring 
every domain, everyone who has something to do and has some saying in the design of whatever system that is, let's say a, a space mission design. So you bring them all together in the same room at the same time and you design this, uh, this space mission. So everyone is always aware of the current status and you can influence each other. So it's not this over-the-fence communication where you do something, you give it to the next one, you do something, you give it to the next one, at the end something weird comes out. No. Everyone is always aware. And when uh, domain A says something or comes up with, a, with an idea or with a, with a result, which might have an impact not only on uh, domain B, but also on E and Z, so these E and Z persons can already say something and say, look, if you do like this and like that, it might be uh, creating some problems for my own domain or in a, different, uh, in a different way. So this sharing of information is the key factor of concurrent engineering. How widespread is ESA's adoption of concurrent engineering? The, the way we are using it in ESA uh, is that we use it mainly in the early phases of a project life cycle. So phase zero or pre-phase A, uh, phase A, sometimes still in phase B1. Um, this has to do with the amount of parameter that you have to juggle. There's a lot of uh, activities going on to, to improve this and to go further into the project life cycle. But in ESA, we uh, use it mainly in the early phases. Um, where you design new future space missions. And there, all program directorates um, uh, come to, to us, to the CDF, this concurrent design facility, to have their uh, missions studied. So this is Earth observation, science, human spaceflight, and so on and so forth. And then what happens once the studies are brought to the facility? So the, the way it works is, let's say there is this uh, science group that has this idea to check and test whatever a radar for a Jupiter moon. And um, then the, the representative of the science directorate for future space missions would then contact the concurrent design facility. We sit together, we discuss what is the envelope, what do we want to get out of these studies, of this study? What is the, um, the manpower that we have um, available? What is... Um, the, the frame that we want to uh, understand. And then we, uh, we sit down and the, stand in the concurrent design facilities um, hand to invite the different domain experts. So you have uh, different, let's say, uh, subsystem experts, you know, from uh, structure, propulsion, um, data handling, attitude orbit control, and so on and so forth. You also have system-level people, like simulations, for example, programmatics people that uh, look at uh, the testing perspective, um, uh, technology readiness level uh, will be, uh, will be uh, a parameter to be looked at. The risk, like um, the, a risk expert to see what will be the potential uh, threats to the, the program or the project. There is a cost engineer who looks from the cost perspective on, and tries to identify the, the envelope in which this project uh, will maneuver in the, from, the, from the cost perspective and what can be included and what not. So these are the domain experts. You have these system level people, you have a system engineer, you have a system assistant normally, 
And you have a, a team leader. The team leader you can uh, um, consider as like a, a conductor of a, an orchestra. So all these domain experts and all the system experts are playing an uh, instrument, an instrument. And the conductor is the team leader who has the task to get something harmonic out of this. Once in a while you bring a domain expert in the front, you know, who plays then a, a solo, while the rest of the orchestra is still playing in the background, listening, working on their domain. And then you change, somebody else comes in the front. And like this, you try to have a nice, uh, a nice song, a nice uh, concert there. And the last element that is uh, that I've not mentioned yet is who, uh, what is also in the room is the the customer, so the representative of that si uh, science community, let's say, so who's the study manager. So whenever there is a question with res uh, regard to this project, there should be somebody in the room who can answer right away or maybe with a slight delay because he or she can call somebody or check uh, on with a model or whatever. So the, the communica uh, communication ways are rather, rather short. What do you see as other advantages of concurrent engineering? The advantages of concurrent engineering, um, apart from the fact that you bring everyone in the same time at the same place and that uh, you can learn a lot, especially when you're a young engineer, like it was in my case when I started there, this, this was fantastic. You have all these domain experts and if you have a question or when you have a question, you just go to this uh, person and he or she will explain to you and he or she will be the expert in the field. So it's almost, almost better than in university because you get really the thing that is that you need to know for that specific um, moment, uh, for this specific project. So that's quite nice. So there is this uh, cross-fertilization um, aspect in between the different domains. Uh, so when you are let's say, um, a structural engineer, you will learn automatically something about attitude orbit control because you hear it, you know, you, you can listen, you might have a, a clue, but then you can really dive into it. You will not become the expert expert, but this will help you to better design your system. It is also that there are different, uh, the different program directorates, let's say science and earth observation, when they, when you would do these um, these studies in the more traditional way, that uh, either somebody, a system engineer somewhere in his or her office, does this study by him or herself, or they, you give it out to industry. So when you do this in Earth observation and science, they might not necessarily talk to each other all the time, you know, and, and exchange lessons learned, for example. But in the CDF, you have experts. Whatever two months ago, they have worked on an Earth observation mission. Today they work on a science mission and there might be something that is interesting to take into account for, for science, which they would not have done if the, this expert would not have worked on something else before. You can also exchange it, so it was just an example. You know? um, so this cross-fertilization effect is, is, a, is a good one. Um, then when you do these studies in a traditional way, it takes like whatever, six to nine months, let's say, half a year, three quarters of a year. When you do it in the CDF, it's maybe, okay, maybe max two months, everything from setup to having the report written. Uh, so it's, it's like eight weeks, something like that, okay, plus minus. Of course, it depends on the complexity and how long and blah, blah, blah. Um, but the time factor is, uh, is clearly an, uh, an advantage. And since we know time is money, 
then there's also a, a good factor that uh, these studies are cheaper. So you can do more studies if you wanted to, yeah, or you can do it for, for a cheaper price. When you do more studies, then uh, this allows you to, uh, to have a, a bigger uh, or a better understanding of what kind of uh, missions you want to choose. So you become a more clever buyer, as a former director general once uh, put it. And uh, it's like when you want to buy a car, no? at, uh, at the, in the beginning you, you know some, and then uh, you check the web, and then you go test drive, and uh, you try to understand the market. You try to f understand what is out there. And like this is uh, what, what, you, what you do with the space missions. You, know? you want to understand for what can you put the taxpayers' money on the table? What are the risks involved? What is the potential, the potential learning effect? You know, what brings us further? So this is, uh, this is the, the third big uh, advantage. So cross-fertilization, time and money. Are you familiar with other concurrent design facilities outside of ESA? Yes, um, in, um, there, there are many. They're also in the States, you have this, uh, in NASA, you have these uh, mission design uh, offices, I think. In Europe, we have uh, helped to establish many, A, in industry and B, in uh, academia. So you need to know that you don't have to have only a nice room with screens and computers, but you also have to have a computer model behind, you have to have a methodology behind, of course, you need to have the team. And all this to set up, uh, we helped academia. Um, so there is in, in the main space uh, primes, in, in Europe, like um, Airbus, Thales Alenia Space, OHB, all those uh, have concurrent design facilities. But also um, in academia, so universities, for example, in, in the uh, International Space University, even they, they have one. So there we helped. We went all the way down to Melbourne. There's an education center, so undergraduate, who uh, somehow saw this. And um, uh, Massimo Bandecki, my former boss, went down and... Um, help them to set this up. Very interesting because whenever you have a multidisciplinary problem and you have a team to solve that and the team is working towards a solution, then you can apply this concurrent principle. What advice would you offer to someone who wants to start using concurrent engineering or stand up a concurrent design facility? Of course, you um, want to understand where you are or where this person is, or you want to understand where you are, and where you want to go, what you want to have, how would you need it. And so it's again a bit about information. So I would try to gain a bit of knowledge. Of course, there will be uh, whatever articles and, and books and stuff. Um, you might want to go to, uh, to conferences. So go there, talk to people. You can contact the, the ESA office, I'm sure, in NASA. You can also uh, find out who does it there and uh, try to exchange and find um, A, companies, B, conferences, C, literature to, uh, to educate yourself. Torsten, thanks for joining us and sharing your thoughts on concurrent engineering. I'm the one to thank you. Good luck. For more information, including links to topics mentioned on the show, Torsten's bio, and a transcript of today's episode, please visit apple.nasa.gov podcast. If you have interview topic suggestions, please let us know on Twitter at NASA Apple and use the hashtag small steps, giant leaps. We encourage you to subscribe to the podcast 
and tell your friends and colleagues about it. Thanks for listening.